Hello and welcome to another edition of Sartorial Talks, the YouTube channel and the podcast. Usually Hugo is doing the introduction, but today I'd like to give him a little time to think and ponder some issues about post-COVID. Normally, when he takes the lead, I get this luxury. But today, how do you feel about that, Hugo? Well, I feel extremely relaxed. I don't even know what you... I have a slight idea what you're going to talk about, but my job here is going to be to react to what you say. That's right. And, you know, sometimes we take uh, current articles that are giving some issues and some hard-pressed thinking that we should consider. And today it's about post COVID, how we buy and how we sell. And it's based upon an article and uh, it's entitled The Fashion Industry in the Post-COVID-19 Crisis Period, written by Teresa Wang. I hope I pronounced that right. It's H-U-A-N-G. And this is a topic that I think is on everybody's mind. What's going to happen after COVID passes. What's specifically, your initial specifically when we know that Brooks Brothers filed for bankruptcy. I think J. Crew, is that, do I pronounce it yes, right? J. Crew, Crew, that's right. Has also in, is in great difficulty. We know that the, the Zara Group has been closing thousands of um, stores. Uh, well, Honestly, uh, I used to say, uh, Zara is closing, it's good news. It's not good news because it's it's impacting the lives of thousands of families and people. So yes, it's an enormous turmoil. But I think older activities in the world are impacted by this enormous crisis. But um, of course, uh, the fashion and specifically the um, I would say the classic retail has probably to reinvent himself itself. Yes, I would agree with you. And in this article, she jumps right in and talks about what has to be done. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to go over a few points and I want to get your reaction. Okay, okay. no problem. According to her, the thing that must be done, first of all, is to close the gap between an online presence and a physical presence, mm-hmm. the brick and mortar and the online websites. What, what's your thoughts on that? Well, we know that the online um, uh, buying attitude of a lot of clients have been progressing a lot recently. And what we uh, see on the market, specifically on our trade, because we speak here of fashion, but our uh, subject is more classic style. And um, I remember 10 years ago, people were saying, oh, you know, you go, buying a suit online is impossible. Buying a pair of shoes online is impossible. Well, uh, now, uh, even if some of the people, and I understand that, and sometimes when you spend that much money on a pair of shoes or a pair or a beautiful suit, you want to make sure this is your size. You want to make sure you're going to feel comfortable. So it's always better to try on. But the answer of many actors that we know of have been to make sure that they have a flawless policy return. So if the online is flawless, if the people are uh, comfortable with uh, one supplier, then they can reorder easily. So yes, I think it's a key thing to close the gap. The people who have been betting everything on classic retail are in a problem these days, like Neiman, for example, Neiman Marcus, I know, is, is, is going through, and before the COVID, they were already going through some kind of problem, because the, the way people are consuming everything, including fashion, is standing, but is changing, sorry, but we have to find the right balance, I guess, between the two. 
Yes, I would agree. You mentioned Zara, and this is one of the things that was blamed for the the downfall of Zara at this point in time was that they didn't have an online presence. Yes, uh, as far as I know, that we we we, well, they we talk had about, one, but not a strong one. No, but we talk about this group. It's not only I think it's called Inditex. It's not only Zara. It's also Massimo Dutti for men. That's this right. is not well. This is not quality clothes. This is what we call fast fashion. But as far as I know, they are clothing a lot of store, but they're investing. I think we speak about billions of dollars to reinforce their online presence because this is absolutely the future. And we've been involved, us not in business, but with, with online content on style and fashion since more than a decade now. That's right. And we can feel it. People are coming to us more and more. And it's not because it's, it's us. People are coming to platforms like us in order to get the right information. Right. And, you know, the the COVID crisis has created a lot of economical problems for people, a lot of fear. A lot of people just don't want to shop. They don't want to go out. They want things delivered to their door. They want yes. to take fewer risks. Yes. And on what she says in terms of what has to be done is a crystallization of this less is more philosophy. Mm. We are preaching for this since a decade already together. Uh, Sonia. G. Uh, Bruce Boyer, which is, as you know, somebody that we really appreciate, has been writing this hundreds of times in his article, in his books. He said, buy less, but buy better. But in order to buy better, you have to educate yourself. Exactly. So we come back almost to the same subject. And this is maybe why sometimes, you know, there's, um, I don't know if it's a Japanese proverbs or, well, it's a basically the bad weather will end one day okay so we are in a very stormy weather in terms of economics but still we always have to learn something this is during the biggest crisis that the most important inventions have been done during the history of humanity and now today um, this crisis is is a big question for the, is questioning every business and I think we can learn things or two from that and specifically uh, I used to explain to all the people I'm sorry darling I'm a little bit long on my answer but I want to share my thoughts on that because this you are touching a very she, this woman what's her name again uh, Teresa Wong T Teresa Wong from I fashionmag.com. Exactly. That's a beautiful article. I don't know, we don't know these people, but uh, we are researching the web constantly, specifically you, Sonia, and you found this is a really a gem of analysis of the market. To we come should say iFashionmag. Yeah, it's i dash fashionmag.com yeah but you're gonna you're gonna it's gonna be easy to find of because uh, you will give the exact title at the end of the show of this yes article. but you said something very um interesting that i was going to follow up on if less is more how do you get to the point you talked about education yes. of knowing Yes, but at the same time, is the fact that um, I wanted to explain. For example, take an ex I take an example. My my own example. This is the one I know the best. Um, in um, 2006, I started to go into custom shooting, and I had the privilege, the luck, because I was not rich. But I decided in 2006 to instead of buying ten suits per year or even five per year, just to buy one every year. But I decided to go to the top. That is to say, Chiffonelli in Paris was my tailor. You have many tailors around the world, but they are probably in the top five or ten around the world. So I remember very clearly, I paid for my first suit 3,800 euro, more or less $4,000. In 2006, and it was delivered in 2007. So yes, 
It was a big sum of money. Yes, I had to save money to buy myself this. But listen to that. We are today in 2020. Not only I still have this suit, but I still wear it. On the, it's, it's not rare. I, I wear it probably 10, 15, 20 times per year. So if you divide 3,800 by uh, some more 13 years now, and let's say I've been wearing this suit 50 times a year, time 13 years, I don't make the calculation. We did it for fun yesterday night. I think it cost me something like a couple of euros per day. Yeah, it was like four exactly. euros. Exactly. So something. the demonstration is so clear. Buy less. It's a fantastic opportunity for all of us, but the economy has to be to, to realign itself, you know, to that, that I think there is a future for quality. There is a future for more local thing. There is a future for people, but you have to educate yourself. And this is where we step in with Parisian gentlemen, with Sotoro. We, we hope we're going to help people to, to switch in their, in their mind, and specifically the women. Yes, I agree. And we're getting a lot of questions from women now, yes. more and more. The next area is going to be kind of uh, different, let's say. She is suggesting that we look at new concepts, new ways of doing business with each other. And I'm going to talk about three that mm -hmm. was mentioned and get your reactions. First is something that's really not that new, but maybe there's some different types of perspectives you could take on. It's called capsule collection. So what do you know about capsule collection? Oh, capsule. Yes. Well, honestly, I was not very comfortable with this name because it, it, it became in the recent years some kind of a catch-all word. You know, everybody was doing a capsule. It was almost like snub. Instead of doing, I do a little series of clothes, I'm doing a capsule collection. A capsule is something that uh, if you want to test the market on, I don't know, for example, you on the launch and you type of uh, uh, suits with some lapels uh, or you want to to try some new colors or new material instead of uh, um, immediately going uh, big with your collection, you, you start with a capsule collection. That's to say, a limited quantities of, uh, of garments. Yes. And so that was used a lot for people who didn't want, who didn't have much money to invest immediately and wanted to test the market with a limited quantity. I think what, that, what she wants to say in this um, article with this idea of capsule is that even the houses or even the tailoring houses or even the producers of shirts or accessories, instead of producing massive amounts of things and advertising them massively to make sure they sell it, they should maybe uh, do a little bit, be a little bit more um, cautious and maybe produce less. But once again, we come back to quality. Capsule, normally it's less quantity, but better quality. And this is a whole state of mind, in my opinion. Yes, yeah, so, you know, we're live here, so I'm just going to reach over, come closer to me. You have like, um, it looks like a mustache hair, but it's not really. Oh, there we go. Okay. She's just um, so, fixing, her, I had something on my mouth. I'm sorry, so, I'm, just, I'm just drinking a you glass. You know, speaking of these capsule collections, we already know that people are getting rid of fashion shows like spring and fall and doing and fast fashion changes with uh, different types of uh, wardrobe options. So that's another thing that's going to change. And I've heard even some people are scaling back to doing only one collection a year, which includes 
all seasons. Mm, wow. So this is another thing. Well, that this that is a positive effect, to be honest, because we were reaching something that was becoming unbearable. Yeah, it, was it was too much. It was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, you know, we are preaching against this since decade. It's since a decade together. That's right. Because we say to the people, well, well we know some good designers who are doing, uh, obviously, some very nice stuff. Right. But honestly, it, is it? Do we have you, you? You remember Oscar Wilde was saying, "Fashion is something so ugly that we have to change it every six months." So That's it right. means that changing the collection every six months is not a new thing. It's dated back in the years of really Oscar far Wilde. Back. That's yeah. right. That's and right. now it's becoming unbearable. Why? Why do we have to be pushed? You know, to say, "Oh, you have to wear the green, and then after you have to wear the orange," and everything is becoming obsolete. No, yes. no, and no invest, go to your local tailor, try to define your style, educate yourself, do something little by little and you're going to be happy. The, the suit I'm wearing today, for example, it's a Solaro suit, it's a green suit. I think this suit is already six or seven years old. Yes. And look is. at that. Does it look outdated? It does not. Oh, it's, Why? It's incredible. Because it's classic style, because we uh, decided, you and me, to, to embrace this idea of buying less, but buying better and buying timeless. But this is a long, long debate. Some people are going to have a little bit of a culture shock because they're used to having a lot of options. So if people start doing capsule collections. It's going to mean better quality, greater creativity, but fewer things to select from. So that's one drawback, but it can also be a very strong positive. But let's go on to the next area. Yes, please. Okay. This is kind of bizarre for me because I didn't expect this one, but I've been researching today and I've seen it now on several different um, uh, uh, social media platforms. And that is clothing rental. We all know the tax. Remember the tux rentals, how horrible they were? Well, now. You mean dinner jackets or formal suits? Of you course. say tux. tux. This is so yes, American. Dinner jackets. Yeah, I, yeah. I plead guilty. But, you know, <laughs> we say it was horrible to get a tuxedo from a rental place. Oh my gosh. But now we're talking about renting regular clothes like for women dresses for men's suits accessories mm. renting them and then returning them mm. i'm not very very enthusiastic about this well, idea I, think I gotta think about the environmental um well i mean from, a, from an environmental point of view yes of course but from a fitting point of view it seems like a little bit of an odd idea to me because i i believe well let's be serious if you are consuming Uh, I don't see myself, I don't see businessmen, lawyers, or whoever is wearing suits, or even people like me, uh, like us, we are dressing because we want to. Oh, it's our business, of course, but I know so many people who don't have to dress up, but they do it because they love it. I don't see them going to a rental place and to, to rent a suit for two weeks or three weeks because uh. it's, it's a matter of fit. You know, if you like it, I would rather go for something like buy only one suit a year or maybe two suits a year uh, because rental means that you need to change. You need to be Exactly, and that was my point. Some yeah. people really do need to change. They will not wear the same thing more than three times a year. Mm, well, it's because they don't know how to buy timeless things. I'm sorry. I'm not really a fan of this idea. I don't know, but we know some people in Bespoke who would they have so many suits, they can't count them. They can't count them. Yeah. Yeah. 
So if that's your personality, maybe if you can get good quality, real tailored rental, and that makes you buy less and other people can rotate the product, I thought if you get quality items to rent, that it was a pretty good idea. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm very perplexed about this idea, but why not? Why not? I, ah. I keep an open mind, but uh, for me, this is, well, I don't see it like that. Okay. Well, I guess the future will tell. The future will tell for sure. And the next one is not so new, but we're seeing a revival of vintage clothing. It's almost a style in itself, isn't it? Well, this is something which we are witnessing in our um, trade since uh, probably 10 years. I mean, uh, specifically, I know so many people. Uh, once again, uh, everybody says to me, well, you know, tailored um, bespoke clothing is so expensive. It, it is. It is an investment. It is not expensive. It is not. It doesn't cost much. It has a high value, which is a different meaning. You know, there's a huge difference between costing and having a value. But nevertheless, uh, I always answer the same thing. Why do you do, don't you go secondhand? Why do you go to these thrift stores? Especially and, young people when they oh don't have enough gosh, money I've to buy them, a good suit. You remember some Parisian gentleman uh, events that we did in the past? We saw this literal, this army of young kids, young gentlemen dressed like kings, literally, because they know right. how to buy. And now you have more and more secondhand clothes that can be from Chiffonelli, from Combs de Luca, from Savile Row. You can find, I, I have one store in, in mine, I think it's called Savile Row, S-A-V-V-Y-R-O-W. I do remember that. Yeah. These are great people there in the United Kingdom. And here you can put your hand on some exceptional clothes for well, not almost nothing, but for a fraction of the price. So, yes, vintage is very interesting because you can forge your own style without killing your bank account. And on top of that, you are going to getting closer to what is one of the most interesting thing in what we do is understanding the history of style, how things were made in the past. Uh, now everybody is looking for comfort. Yes, some suits from the 60s or 70s might not be as comfortable as the one we are wearing but in terms of style man you can kick butts you know with that and so vintage i'm all for vintage you're all it's, for it yes because it's 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 a possibility for the young people who are step oh not so young people who are stepping in the world of style to really make a difference in their everyday life without putting their bank account in the red or without putting uh, their wife into despair because <laughs> good they point, good point. <laughs> because they <laughs> spending everything on the clothes. That's right. And also there's a rich resource now because there's so much vintage buying going on on how to air out those clothes, exactly. how to, if you want, disinfect them, how to make them so that they're more presentable. Yeah. And I, I think that's something we'll probably learn more about in the future as well. But that's one thing you should never forget. What's that? There's one thing which is very important in your life. There's a few things in life that are important. Finding, a, of course, your wife. So I'm very privileged. I found my wife. Uh, find a good doctor, for example, is very important in life. Finding, you know, your good uh, butcher, if you like meat. Finding your good green grocer, if you like vegetable, is very important. Staple in life. And alteration alteration tailor on the horizon. Yes. yes, and that's extremely rare. The moment you find a good alteration tailor, please, please, please be loyal to him and don't advertise his name. 
because no, I'm not. We kidding. get a lot of questions. Who's a good alteration oh tailor? Sometimes you answer, sometimes yeah. you and don't. And then when you go vintage and you can put your hand on a, I don't know, on an Anderson and Shepard or Henry Poole yes. suit from the 1980s, or even on a Claude Rousseau or Henri Urban. There was the all the people who are working alongside Francesco Smalto mm. from the Camps de Lucas School, or even an old uh, a vintage Chiffonelli. Even a Brioni. Uh, uh, yeah, even some older Brionis and this kind of fantastic clothes that uh, even if they're not exactly your size, uh, they are bespoke. Yes. And they were really made according to the rules. Normally, you have a lot of uh, uh, clothes, a lot of clothes inside the garment so that with a good alteration tailor, they can readjust and you can have a bespoke suit, uh, an actual fantastic suit for the fraction of a price of a real one. That's it's very incredible. inspirational thought. Yes, it is. Indeed. It is. This is this is fantastic. It is. Okay, this one's something that may take you back a bit. And this is the final what one. What do you before. mean by taking me back? Oh, it's an expression. It might be something that you don't expect. Mm. And then after that, you can play a little music before we hit part two. But before we do that, mm. it is called the Take Back Program. Oh, wow. So you're ready to give away, you're, you're ready to retire something. Maybe you outgrew it. Maybe, you know, the opposite. Maybe you lost weight, gained weight. Uh, maybe you're tired of the item. Whatever the reason, you're ready to get rid of it. And instead of throwing it away, instead of instead of yeah. giving it, packing it up and giving it to Goodwill, you, you take to it back to the closer to the You take it back to the original um, vendor, and they take it back. They take it back, resell it. Well, you know, we have refurbishing programs already with computers. It's sort of like that. Well, what do I you mean, think? it already exists. This is not a new idea. I mean, goodwill is all about that. If I do, I, you are the, well. They're not, not a, repairing things and refurbishing goodwill. They're just selling as uh, is. We're talking right. about if you buy a Chiffinelli, you can take it back to Chiffinelli. Um, if you buy any brand, take it back to the brand, and they resell it as a refurbished product. Yeah. Why not? Uh, I have no opinion on that. Why not? Why not? I think it's a good yes. idea. We do this uh, in many, uh, I mean, in, in, uh, I know in France, for example, or I'm sorry, this is a bad example, but for appliances, when you buy a new fridge, uh, they take back your old fridge. And, and uh, I know uh, Apple is doing this with iPhones, you know. Yeah, you, right, you, but you, we're you, talking about clothes. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, it's a little bit strange idea for me, but why not? Why not? This is, uh, I, I keep an open mind on this one also. I, I don't really, uh, yeah, why not? Okay. Why not? So it's a Sorry, I'm up. not very brilliant on this one. But, uh, <laughs> it's okay, it's, uh, because I, it was surprising. I, I don't know, because, you know, clothing is a very personal thing. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, all my, I have the privilege to have a bespoke wardrobe only, and I, will, I don't see myself giving my old clothes. I prefer to maintain them. Yes. I prefer to, to cherish them. I prefer to wear them less, but to keep them with me and maybe transmit it to the next generation. But this only, maybe I'm an old-fashioned guy. That's right. Play a little music now. You said you said that's right when I say I'm an old-fashioned guy? <laughs> well, you're both. You're progressive and old-fashioned. Let's say you're a good mix. Okay. A little bit of piano because we want to change the subject. This track of piano is by our composer and friend Justin Mellon uh, in Los Angeles and who composed all the tracks for Sartorial Talks. We put on a video uh, of him explaining how he was inspired to do this music for us 
and uh, how this became our major team. We can confess we have a little project with him that maybe in the near future uh, we're going to produce, how do you call it, a vinyl? A, a vinyl. A vinyl record. Yes. We are working. It's not sure. I can't, uh, how do you say that? I can't confirm it for now, but we are working on a funny idea to take all the original music of Sotorial Talk and produce a very limited quantity, maybe 100, 200 vinyl. Maybe uh, six or seven uh, songs, I would think. Uh, well, think tracks, because tracks that's, yeah, it's not it, songs, yeah. but it's going to be this. The idea is to produce something of high level, like of maybe 180 gram vinyl, which is the best quality, and we can put on each side 15 minutes of music. Uh, well, that's a little uh, idea that we. If you like the idea, please comment. If you look at this on YouTube, you can also comment. I don't know if you can comment on a podcast actually, because we are on Spotify, we are on uh, Apple Podcasts, but if you like this idea don't hesitate to let us know yes, if you course. like this idea of having a sartorial talks music vinyl uh, just for collectors but also to listen to it if you have a turntable so we're gonna switch the music off Good. little by little and go to the next nice question. transition okay well this is part two and Teresa's telling us what we're going to be seeing first thing is a change in technology for fabrics yeah but well, this is on the way since years Already. That's true, but you know, not everybody may know that there are machine washable suits, for example. Yeah, companies I'm, like Xenia already provide that. Well, a lot I mean, of tailors are well, are making that now. Well, I, I mean, almost every mill is doing this now. Yeah, but who do you know that has a machine washable suit besides Gigi Del Coria? Oh, uh, yeah, um, uh, Drago Fabric. Just uh, they have a thing called Wear and Wash. Yes, but you've never had one yet. Uh, no, not, not yet, because for me, it's still a cultural barrier I have. I don't see myself um, throwing my suit into the washing machine. But what you say and what this uh, um, journalist says is true. The major innovation in, um, in classic style and are coming from the mill and from the fabric Yes, uh, even the designs. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we've been moving from water repellent to natural stretch to things like that. So it's, of course, and then other innovations, you yes. know, like intelligent clothing, like non-rinkable, but even further than that, some people have been trying to use the spider web and that we still don't know how to do it. This will, will have been the most incredible fabric made of web of spider. The problem is that you can't raise spiders. I wrote an article on this in Parisian German back in the years. That this is a very, they tried to do a spider farm, but the, the spiders are not. I don't get it. I don't even know what you're talking about. Because the, with the, the, the spider, they produce a thread, which is the, the most. Web. The spider yeah, web. Yeah, but made of threads. Yes. You understand? And so the thread... Very strong, of, actually. This is the strongest in the world. Mm -hmm. It can support... It's incredible. So and then, weave, the, weave the web into yeah, fabric? Well... What do you it, I don't get it. Imagine you can raise spiders who will weave and produce the thread all day long. And then you recuperate the thread and you make the most sustainable and the most the most uh, durable fabric in the world. And so everybody, there's hundreds of initiatives like that, but nobody uh, managed to do it because the spiders are untamable. They uh, do what they want. 
I got you. You understand? And there might be some spider activists out there. We don't know. Well, I don't know about that. But uh, well, but, but if nothing wrong, they just work for no, us. Of course. What they would be doing anyway. Right? Yeah. And then oh, you hopefully. have a lot of experimentation also in the ter ter thermoregulation. You know, oh, that okay. uh, some clothes that will you put on will keep you fresh. And some clothes, that, uh, on the contrary, will, will warm you uh, yes. during the winter. That's right. There's a lot of different things. And we uh, even saw that, um, I think, the Albany Group, that's put on the market, uh, not an anti-COVID, but um, a treatment for fabric with a Swiss laboratory uh, who said that uh, on contact, uh, bacteria and viruses are killed because of the treatment. So yes, there's a right. lot of innovation in fabric. This is the way. And for sure, it's going to be very interesting. Good. Okay. Next area. This is um, something that we already know to expect. We will start seeing customers who are very conscious of what our philosophy is in selling. And they will demand that we have some type of environmental consideration. Okay, before answering this question, Cosmos has to reset the camera. So we're going to okay, go Cosmos, through because go. we are 27, 28 minutes. And as we are filming uh, on YouTube at the same time, uh, we have to reset the camera. It's a problem of batteries and the size of the memory card. So we're going to put right. a little music. Uh, this time I'm going I'm to put the cello part of Justin Menon, still the Sotorial Talks original music. Listen to this beautiful thing. Maybe you could even consider if you listen to that. Title of this track, I think it's called True Light, something like that. Or The Craftsman. I think it's The Craftsman. It's very inspiring. So Cosmas is giving us a big sign to say, it's good, it's good, the camera, but we can't, we love this music, this is so beautiful. Justin Mellon, once again, ladies and gentlemen, very famous for a big series on Netflix. He's a very talented, very talented film composer. Hello, Justin. So let's continue this discussion. I was going to say, maybe you could consider if you want to leave us a note, if, in terms of if you would even be interested in a vinyl. Yeah, that's nice what to I get asked. Some, yeah, you know, be good to get some feedback. Absolutely. So, uh, so our, the question was about the environment. Well, you know, it's just uh, are people going to start demanding that we all have a position on how we approach taking care of the environment? Well, I mean, this is a vast, vast, vast subject. My only answer is go as local as you can. This uh, is uh, this is what we talked about. I really like that. Yeah, support um, your local. Uh, tailors yes the, um, that that we can maybe uh, see in the future re renewal of the bespoke tailoring in France the problem is that workforce costs a lot of money bespoke tailoring which is the most environmentally I'm sorry environmentally good efficient you, you I'm it. sorry I'm just French no, sometimes you, you know it. you have to remember I'm just French environmentally whatever you call this um, uh, efficient but uh, you replace machine you replace uh, shipment you replace everything by uh, a man with a needle and a thread but you multiply the time of production by 60 80 100 2000 1 million so it means you have to be aware of paying the price so my answer would be on that go local but if you want to go local, you have also to switch in your mind that if you go local, you're not going to be able to have a pair of shoes for, for 10 bucks. 
So there's a balance, in my opinion, to, to, to find. And if you don't buy local, because we are not totally uh, close-minded on that, we, are, we have people that we really love in Classic Style who are working in Singapore, who are working in Vietnam, who are working far from him, but who are doing a great job as long as they don't employ kids. But that's another story in some uh, um, uh, developing countries. But this aside, I think we have to find a balance. But let's say that um, let's decide all together to go as local as we can. But for that, we have to be, to be ready to understand what we buy and to pay the right price. That's right. But the real question was, can you see, even you, like, are you going to demand from people you buy from, are you going to demand or at least want to know where they stand in terms of how they treat the environment? Well, it's not my immediate concern. Personally, I must confess, because I know uh, pretty much where my suit is made. You uh, already know. I know mm -hmm. where my fabric is made. And I know even pretty much where the, the sheep are raised. Most of the time, I'm wearing a lot of fabrics from Italian mills. The ships are from Australia. I pretty much know the farm where they are raised. So I'm already in this perspective. Yes. And I know that, for example, our friends at Drago, they just made a huge collaboration with a sustainable farm in Australia. And we know that the sheep are well treated and raised in a certain way. They go as far as feeding them with organic food. So this is something which is in everybody's mind. Uh, so for me, it's already, some, it's already a reality. But I understand what she says. And it's, uh, I think, the new generation specifically. This is what I am imagining too, yeah. because they're really more educated educated than some of the older generations. Yeah, they've been they've been educating since we 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 were born in in an age we we didn't even speak about that. No, we didn't consider it. So no. that's that's an improvement, I think. It yeah. is an improvement and it's almost something that you it's mandatory. It is. It is. More okay. and more. Next question. Yes. Oh, the whole idea about the position of creative director is something that's sort of been in our minds as a continuum for a long time. But this position, she says, Teresa says, is going to change. And creative directors are going to start having to focus by necessity on quality and not fast fashion. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is a very respected position, creative director. Yeah. I don't yeah. even know if they'll keep that position anymore. Maybe it'll have a different title. What's your take on that? You mean you mean fashion designers, basically? Yes, yes, exactly. Well, we're not very close to this world. We're closer to the worlds of tailors. and But some of the tailors are great designers. And Lorenzo Cifonelli is, is designing jackets and maybe five or ten different kind of sport jackets every year. We know Alessandro Sartori from Xenia is, right. is a good relationship, a good friend even of us. We know some of them. John Vizzoni was once John Vizzone a, yes, was, used to work to for, uh, for Ralph Lauren, uh, Purple Level, and then for Chiffonelli. So we know a bunch of big names like that, the people who had to do this. And, uh, well, I think, I think that as the dictatorship of having because it is a dictatorship. But it's not only created by the brand themselves, it's also created by the old-fashioned media. You know, they need to have some fresh stuff to write on it because they want to have also advertisement. Or, okay, I don't want to go too much into this, but it's a whole system. We call it the, I think it was the fourth estate or the third estate, you know, the fashion industry yes. was really something that was a kind of a closed world and a closed circle. Very. But nevertheless, I think that if we are going away from the dictatorship of having 
It's a crazy work to invent 60 outfits every six months. I know Alessandro Sartori is working day and night. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of work. And at the end, uh, you don't leave a very, very long trace because at the moment you put in on the market, it's almost forgotten because you are already thinking of the next one. So yes, producing less collection, producing even less, more capsule, and this uh, lady says in the article, will probably lead these people to focus more on quality and focus more on timeless items, what we call staples maybe. And this is coming back for us, maybe more to the tailoring point of view, that is to say, a jacket made by a tailor. Uh, I have, I don't know how many actually, but a lot. And I can tell you none of them, none of them are obsolete from a stylistic point of view. Yes, that's a really nice take. Thank you for that. Cheese. I, I, I drink a little yes, bit of, have a, some water. of water. Let's leave, leave you all with a final thought. Mm-hmm. Um, Teresa ends by saying the whole focus is going to come down to two things. Mm-hmm. Something unique and something beautiful in yeah. terms of what we want to buy. And I know beauty's been a subject a favorite subject of yours for a long time. So give us something beautiful to end this podcast and sartorial talk. Well, I mean, we've been, um, I think that beauty has been one of the most underrated value of the human race since um, probably centuries, but at least since I'm born. You know, we have this kind of a very limited way of looking at beauty. When you speak about, even when you pronounce the word beauty, everybody say, ah, oh, beauty is inside, beauty is not outside. You speak about, you know, this kind of a superficial idea. But um, beauty is one of the most incredible things. You know, uh, look at the beauty of nature around you. Look at the beauty of a painting around you. If a world without a focus on beauty, that is to say, reattract your attention, it's like you can find... I've seen so many people rediscovering. You can find for three months and then you have the right to go outside and maybe all of a sudden you rediscover a world. And this world, you didn't notice that there was this beautiful tree around the corner. You didn't notice that um, there was uh, this family uh, who who was extremely well-dressed. You didn't notice that, uh, I don't know, even even something that um, you didn't even notice our beauty is a fundamental, a world, this is maybe also this sensitivity about beauty is what makes a difference between us humans and animals. We are, beauty creates emotion uh, and beauty is everywhere. It's not only, you know, and this is why I am also, I'm always so pissed when I listen to people say, oh, you talk about beauty, this is a superficial beauty is inside. Yes. It is everywhere, but this is a very important subject because this is where humanity transcends itself. This is why we are together, Sonia, in this uh, quest, in this, it's, all, it's almost, a, it's almost a, a belief that we have that beauty can change the world. If people were more and more attracted, more and more uh, noticing beauty around them, it can be the beauty of a gesture, it can be the beauty of a smile, it can be the beauty of an attitude. And ultimately, a beautiful garment is also something that can change your visual emotion on a daily basis. So beauty is a fundamental. and, And if this crisis, which is ugly, even we have to wear masks, which is ugly. We spoke about that in the last podcast. Podcast, sorry, but 
if we can, through this crisis, rediscover the beauty of the world in classic style, in fashion, but also all around us, I think this is um, a marvelous exit. Wow, what pops into my mind is those Instagram posts that say, watch it until the end. I almost want to put that on our next podcast tutorial talk Why? because that really rounded out everything. And I may even listen to that myself a few more times. Gorgeous. Mm. Thank you so much. Uh, well, we have, um, uh, uh, you're welcome, darling. Uh, we have, um, I think his name, I'm sorry if I don't pronounce his name. I think his name is Francois Chang or yes. Chang, which is a fantastic man from the French Academy and um, great person. I think he's in, in his early 80s now. And so the French Academy, if you're not from France, it's the place where you become what we call an immortal. Yes. It's at the end of your career because you have been contributing in, in an outstanding manner to the culture uh, uh, of France. And Mr. I think it's Francois Cheng, his name, has written a fantastic book. I think it's called Five Meditations on Beauty. I don't know if it's five or four or six or seven, actually, but it's... I think it's five meditation. I apologize if it's six or four, five meditations on beauty. And I actually uh, listened to his book because I adore audiobooks. As you know, I always... You, uh, uh, you fall I, asleep to uh, exactly. wine podcasts. Exactly. Usually. And audiobooks. That's right. And uh, this book by Mr. Cheng is uh, just pure honey. It's just pure pleasure for the ears and it's very mind-provoking and it's meditating it's an impressive on, gentleman i agree uh, yeah it's meditating on why beauty is a fundamental value that makes us different from animals and i really invite you i don't know it might be translated in english and several languages. i don't know actually but that's a uh, five meditation on beauty by francois cheng is a major book to read great and i'll remind you probably the next episode will be on a few books that we recommend yes that so, might be we have this um this intention to recommend a few books on time thank yes. you sonia yes, that was a beautiful you. discussion and i hope you enjoyed taking a break from the leadership so you could share with us. well it's a new attitude i didn't make exactly know i didn't exactly know what i was going to say but i hope i was not too uh, oh I, you you were spot on thank as you, they darling. say in england thank you cheers everybody cheers everyone we give you an appointment to the next episode of sartorial talks take care of yourself please and look around you there's beauty everywhere bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.